Well, today is pregnant with possibilities. We have an opportunity right here, right now, to launch into the future that God has for us. We have a launch window that if we launch right here, right now, we can escape the gravitational pull of regret, disappointment, and a mediocre life. Well, we must choose in this moment that we're going to go on the trajectory that God has for us. For you see, we're always struggling against regrets. Regret wants to pull us back. Regret wants us to focus on the past and prevent us from stepping into the future. Wants us to dwell on what has been happening in our life and do tomorrow the thing that God has told us to do today. God is here to tell us it's time to launch. It's time to move forward. It's time to step into the future that he has for us. And regret, regret will hold you back. In fact, regret is the cousin of procrastination. Procrastination will tell you, do it tomorrow, do it tomorrow, do it someday. And someday is a day that never comes. But I believe that God is going to give us the rocket fuel that we need to launch into his preferred orbit for our life. And it's simply this one thought. Better is possible. I want to say it again. Better is possible. I want to invite you to say it with me. Better is possible. Say it from the depths of your soul. Better is possible. With God, better is possible. Better is possible for your life, for your marriage. Better is possible for your family. Better is possible for your business. Better is possible for your job. Better is possible for your finances. Better is possible for your health diagnosis. Better is possible for your marriage prospects. Better is possible for your finances and your purpose. Better is possible for your present and your future. Why? Because with God, better is possible. And I'm here to prophesy into your heart that God is here to say to you, better is possible. God wants to create the better that is possible. But in order for us to step into the better that God has for us, we must be willing to change the story that we tell about ourselves. All of us have a tendency to write our own autobiography. And often what happens when we write our own biography is we focus on the past. Past frustrations, past difficulties, past disappointments. It's all focused on the past. But you know, God writes a different story. While we write an autobiography, God writes a biography. And the biography that God is wanting to write in your life is better than the autobiography you're writing for yourself. Why? Because God doesn't consult our past to determine our future. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't consult our past to determine our future. He's always looking into the future. We only see the right here and right now, but God sees the full picture of what our life can be. And he's writing a story that's better than your past has ever been. And we must take hold of the fact that God wants to write a better story. We are in part one of a three-part series, and the next two parts of your story are better than your past combined. Are we willing to give God the pen of our life so that he can write a new story, a new future? 
to give us better than we ever thought was possible. I'm here to remind us that God's future dreams are better than your current reality. God dreams big for you. Don't live below God's dreams for your life. Go above the line. Believe that better is possible. In fact, this is our vision for this year. Better is possible. It's the theme and the vision for this year. And this vision is rooted in our mission, which is this. Follow Jesus, love people. Follow Jesus, love people. I want to invite you to say it with me. Follow Jesus, love people. Say it from your heart. Follow Jesus, love people. The greatest thing that we can do in our life, the greatest accomplishment we can have while we're here on earth is to pursue the Lord. For you see, God is inviting us on a journey to walk with him. And he wants us to walk step in step with him. And you'll discover that as you walk with him, you'll begin to act, think, and talk like him. You'll learn his ways. You'll learn his words. You'll learn his mannerisms. And then the people around you will say, wow, they're different. They really are like Jesus, the Jesus we find in the Bible. Following Jesus is the most important thing. If we don't get that, we don't get anything. If, you, if there's only one thing that you can get today, it's simply this. Following Jesus is the most important thing you will do ever in your life. But here's what you'll discover. As you follow Jesus, not only will you think, act, and talk like him, but in the process of the journey, he will give you love. He will pour out his extravagant love on your life, and then he'll give you love, not only to love yourself, but also to love other people. Even those people at work who are unlovable. You're praying for them and sometimes you're praying, Jesus help them. You're doing it through your gritting teeth because you're frustrated with them. Ah, I know, I know. I know how it is. But when you follow Jesus, he gives you the love that you need for yourself and the ability to love yourself and also to love people. And that's what our mission is. And I want to share with you where this mission statement came from. Back in 2020, at the very beginning of the year, Pastor Jim and I, we were dreaming about what God wanted to do in the church. As many of us were focused in on a 2020 vision. And so at the beginning of the year, I started to fast and pray and was asking God to give us wisdom. And during one conversation with Pastor Jim, he said to me, Jonathan... I believe it is time for us to update the language of our mission statement. Not change our mission, but update it with new language for a new season. And he prophesied words into my heart and he said this. I believe God is going to give you new words for a new future. New words for our mission. And so I began to lean into God's word. I began to lean in and pray and ask God, what would you have for us to become? And God was silent. And then a couple months later, COVID hit. And everything became a blur. And it was the whirlwind of that season. And then the year was over. 
At the beginning of 2021, God brought back to my mind. He said, do you remember what Pastor Jim said? I heard God's voice through the words of Pastor Jim. And I began to seek his heart. I began to fast and pray again and say, God, what is your mission for your church? Because I don't know if you know this, but Pastor Jim and I, we don't have a church. Jesus has a church, and this is his bride. We're just here as shepherds to here to serve the king. And so I began to seek his heart, and I began to pray. But God was still silent, and I began to wonder, God, how can I hear you? What do I need to do? So I did what many of us did. I started to read books and listen to podcasts and watch videos online about how to clarify a mission. I kept asking God, when are you going to give me your words? When are you going to speak to me? When are you going to share your heart with me? And suddenly I realized that God's voice isn't like it was for Elijah. It isn't in podcasts or books or YouTube videos. God's word and his voice is found in his word. God's voice is found in his word. So I began to study the word of God a little bit differently. I began to seek him in his word to discover what he would have to say to us and what our mission should be as we step into the future. And then it happened. I was on a Southwest flight to a church conference. The plane was full. I was sitting in a cramped, airplane seat I was drinking a Sprite and eating Southwest trail mix and boom right then in that moment a very unexpected moment I was reminded of three passages I was reminded I was reminded of what God can do I was reminded in Mark chapter 12 where Jesus gave the two greatest commands. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then I was reminded of John 13 where Jesus gave a new commandment to his disciples and said, love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And then I was reminded of Mark chapter 1 where Jesus invited his very first disciples to come on that miraculous journey. And he said, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And there in red letters was our mission. Follow Jesus, love people. Follow Jesus, love people. Follow Jesus, love people. And I knew in that moment that that was what God wanted to speak. I'm here to share with some of you, you've been waiting for the voice of God to speak. I want to invite you to continue to pursue him because the word of God tells us that we will surely find him if we seek him with all of our heart. God often delays giving us his word and his guidance because he wants to know if he can trust us, if we're willing to pursue him through thick and thin, if we're willing to pursue him whether we have feast or famine, whether we have all that we need or we're lacking everything. God wants to know if we're fully devoted, if we're fully all in. God often often holds back his most important words to ensure that we are qualifying ourselves to hear from him. So if you're in that place, I want to encourage you to continue to pursue the Lord. I believe he's going to speak into your life. And because this is our mission, follow Jesus, love people. 
I believe that better is possible is rooted in this, this vision we have for this year. And so I want us to discover today how better truly is possible from the word of God. I want to invite you to book, I want to invite you to join me in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I want to invite you to open up your Bible, your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. This passage was written by a first century follower of Jesus named Paul. He was writing a letter of encouragement to believers in a city called Ephesus. What you know about Ephesus is that Ephesus was ground zero for the worship of a pagan god named Artemis. And Paul was there to encourage them and to remind them that the god that they serve is alive and the god that their neighbors were worshiping wasn't real. He's encouraging them to keep moving forward, to keep their eyes focused on Jesus. And I believe he's inviting us to do the same. Let's jump in. I want to invite you to look at this passage with spiritual eyes. In fact, I invite you to ask God this question. God, will you reveal yourself to me in this verse? I believe that if you ask him, he will meet you at your point of expectation. Verse 20, let's look together. Ephesians 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, say immeasurably more, than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Isn't that incredible? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to his power that is working within us, I believe God wants us to step into the better that is possible. So today I want to share with you two truths about God that will help us believe that better is possible. Number one, God is more able than you are willing. Let me say it again. God is more able than you are willing. Verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. When you look closely at this verse, what you'll notice is it doesn't say, Now to him who is willing. No. It says, Now to him who is what? Able. Do you know that not everybody who is willing is able? Not everybody who is willing is able. As I was looking at this passage, I was reminded of when my son Aiden was about four years old. I invited him to help me clean out our garage. And I gave him little jobs. I said, move this box over here. Put the, put the hammer back in the toolbox. Pick up this piece of paper and put it in the trash. And then he walked over to a table that we were selling, and he said, Dad, I got this. And he pushed up on it, and it went, and it didn't move. So I said, all right, buddy, let me help you out. So I came along, and I lifted up the table, and he said, Dad, I'll help you. And so he helped me move it. Now, what Aiden didn't know at the time was this was that his father was the one who was carrying most of the load. And then I was reminded of when Danae and I first started out. We were living on love and a prayer. Many of you know what that's like. I was working at a call center earning minimum wage. Danae was working here at the church. 
and we didn't have a lot to go around. But we had decided early on that we were going to tithe no matter what. We were going to give God the 10% of our total income. And we just believed in faith. And there was moments when our faith was tested. And we decided we're going to give no matter what. And we're going to just hold him at his word. We're going to trust him. And there were moments when we gave and we felt like God gave us 20% back. But even in that moment, the father was the one carrying the load for us. We didn't have great capacity. Why? Because we are willing, but we're often not able. I'm here to remind us that God is able. The God you serve is able. He is not only willing, but he's also able to do immeasurably more than all that you ask or even imagine. God is not limited by our limitations. He can do whatever he wants. He can use whomever he wants. He can speak however he wants. He can go wherever he wants. He can move whenever he wants. God is not limited by time, space, or our limited capacity to dream. God can do immeasurably more. And this word that is translated immeasurably more, this is what it means. It means extraordinary, more than sufficient, unusual, over the top, beyond anything that we can ask or even think. It means fullness in the present. You don't have to wait for God's future fullness. He has fullness right here, right now for you. Why? Because better is possible. Say it with me. Better is possible. Now, all of us, I believe we dream for immeasurably more, but we expect immeasurably less. In fact, I think 2020 and 2021 taught us to expect immeasurably less, to do less, to think less, to expect less. We now expect mediocre. In fact, I think the enemy wanted to steal faith and life and hope from people in those years. And I believe that God wants to return to you all that you lost spiritually, all that you lost financially, all that you lost in your relationships. God can do immeasurably more. For you see, one day in his courts is a thousand elsewhere. And I believe that all of the three years that we felt we've lost, God can return it. Because he's faithful to his words. He can do immeasurably more. This idea of immeasurably more is your experience, is all of our experience, when we go to Thanksgiving dinner. We expect immeasurably more. I know you prepare, you wear your stretchy pants to be ready for the immeasurably more. This idea of being full to overflowing like many of you are on Thanksgiving is what this word means I'm here to remind us that if you are not satisfied then you haven't received God's full measure God still has more for you in fact one of the ways that he often helps us experience his immeasurably more is by saying no to us sometimes God says no to the things that we want because he has something else in mind Here's what I've discovered. When God says no, he means I have a better yes. Isn't that good that he has a better yes for us? He has a better yes. He has a better yes. 
I don't know about you, but I want God's better yes. Recently, I went to a Spurs game. It's no surprise, I'm a Spurs fan. And I took Aiden with me, and we were excited because we had been gifted some tickets. Now, most of the time when I go to a Spurs game, my tickets are at the very top. In fact, they're not even in Bear County. They're somewhere else. My head is hitting the rafters. I'm squinting at the jumbotron trying to understand what's happening. I have to hike a mile all the way to the top, and my wife is saying to me, why are we here? We can see it better on TV at home. And I say, babe, listen, it's about the energy and about being in the moment. And she's like, in her logical mind, saying, no, 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 it's better at home because you can actually see what's happening. But on this particular day, my son and I, we get to the AT&T Center, and I ask the first attendant that I see, where are my tickets? Are my tickets here on the main floor? And she said, let me see your tickets. So I showed them to her. She looked at me with a puzzled face, and she said, no, they're on the ground floor. And I said, hallelujah, this is great news. This is a great way to start the day. So I go down to the ground floor, this place of rare people and great experience, right? And as we're walking into the arena, I asked the attendant there who's guarding the gate, right, guarding the area, I say, where are my tickets? And she looked at our tickets and she said, wow, those are great seats. And I was expecting her to say, hey, go up this way, right? She said, no, go all the way down. So Aiden and I, we walk all the way down and guess what? Our tickets were right behind the Spurs bench. I said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The Lord has provided. We were so close that I could hear Pop yelling at the players. I could see the plays that he was writing on his magic erase board. I could see the beads of sweat running down the players' faces. In fact, I think some people saw us and said, is that Ginobili's son? <laughs> I was ready to give autographs. I was ready to be a celebrity for one moment. Then at halftime, at halftime, Aiden and I, we stood up and we looked around and we looked up at the very top and we said, that's where we started, but today we're right here. This is great news. And as we stepped into the fourth quarter, we were having a great time. There were lead changes. We were playing the Bulls and the teams were struggling and fighting for the lead. And guess what? The Spurs won. And I just believe that the Spurs won because we were cheering behind the bench. We were the deciding factor. In fact, anybody at the Spurs main office, if you want to make sure that you win more games and make it to the playoffs and win the championship, just put me right behind the Spurs bench. I'll cheer you on. Now, in all honesty... We had a great experience, but if I'm honest, I don't think I'll ever have tickets that close. But then it got me thinking about how God works. Even though I'll never be there again, I'm here to remind us that God has a front row seat for you. It is reserved with your name on it. He wants to give you a front row seat, and he's not going to take it away. There's more than enough front row seats to the presence of God. Somebody gifted us the tickets. 
Gave it out of the generosity of their heart. But you know what? God has gifted us so much more. He has gifted us his son named Jesus. And guess what? God gives us better than even Spurs tickets right behind the Spurs bench. God wants to give you immeasurably more than all you can ask or even imagine. And you know with God, you know with God, here's a, here's a truth that you'll learn about him. With God, exaggeration is an understatement. Exaggeration is an understatement. We expect this from God, but God says, I can do infinitely more. I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. I can give you more hope, more life, more future, more purpose, more wisdom, more peace, more love. I will give you what you need and more because he's the God of immeasurably more. With God, exaggeration is an understatement. Now, I know some of you are saying, but pastor, you don't understand. You don't know my situation. You don't realize how hard it is right now. I'm stuck. I can't move forward. Right now, you're experiencing disappointment and frustration and regret. You have doubts. I want to encourage you, don't stop too soon. Don't quit too soon. Keep moving forward. Allow God to move forward. I want to encourage you to keep asking why. Keep asking and expecting that he's going to do more. Why? Because it's not that we ask too much, it's that we expect too little. It's not that we ask too much, it's that we expect too little. We have lowered God to our own perspective. We expect very little, and God can't exceed our expectations. He's stuck at the lid of what we can dream. But if we say, God, I want everything you have for me. I'm not going to put a limit on who you are. Because you're God and I'm not. He wants to give you what you need. And sometimes he doesn't meet your expectations. Why? Because when God doesn't meet your expectations, it's because he wants to exceed them. When God doesn't meet your expectations, he wants to exceed it. He wants to give you more. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know who God's speaking to today. But some of us, we've limited God with our small minds and our small dreams. I'm praying that God would rescue all of us from shackling God and limiting him to what he can do and what he wants to do. For you see, God is both willing and able. He's both willing and able. He's, he's standing on the sidelines of our life saying, just like I did, I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to help you. We just need to allow him to step in and do immeasurably more. So what do you do when life isn't working out? I'm glad you asked. It leads us to our second and final point. When it's not working out, God's working within. When it's not working out, God's working within. When your circumstances are not changing, it's because God's trying to do an inside job. He's wanting to work on the inside. We focus on the outside, but God's saying, I want to focus in on the inside of your life. Look at what it says. According to his power that is what? At work within us. God wants to work on the inside. And sometimes what God does when it's not working out, it's because God has put his hand to protect us. Garth Brooks got it right when he said, I thank God for unanswered prayers. I don't know if he's a believer, but there's a spiritual truth in that. 
Some of us, we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for this one specific thing, and God's saying, no. I want to stop you from stepping into that. It's going to bring disappointment and destruction. It's going to lead you away from me. Some of you have been wanting a promotion, and God says, if you get promoted into that specific role, it's going to steal time away from church. It's going to have you steal time away from your family. And guess what? When your kids are older, they're going to be away from God. I don't know about you, but I would rather take a demotion and make sure my family is intact and make sure that my kids know Jesus. We must be willing to allow him to work within us. I want to tell you about my brother Jacob. Jacob is the heart of our family. I love him. He's special needs. He's got Down syndrome. But he loves better than anyone else. I love his hugs. I love his laughter. I love his joy. I love to hear him pray. Because when my brother prays, it's as if Jesus turns his ear to listen to him. But somehow in the middle of 2020, my brother got this idea that he would get in trouble if he traveled. Recently, I was talking to him and said, hey, bro, why don't you come visit? Or why don't you go do this? Or why don't you go do that? And he said, why don't you go do this or go do that? And he said, no, 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 I can't. If I go, I'm going to get in trouble. I said, no, brother, no, Jacob, you're not. No, bro, you're not. You're, you're going to be fine. He said, no, 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 I'm not. Somehow, my brother has learned to expect immeasurably less. And I'm praying that God would whisper immeasurably more. Jacob, I'm praying that God would whisper immeasurably more to your heart. God's going to protect you. God's going to watch out for you. And just like I believe that better is possible for Jacob, I believe better is possible for you and for you and for you and for you for you. Why? Because we see it in God's word. But we must let God work on the inside. We must be willing to welcome him in because he's the only one that can create the better that we need, the better that our heart desires.